Yes, welcome back, Looney listeners. This is Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. And as you can tell, things are slightly different now. We have a new opening theme. We've got a new logo. We're fresh, we're uplifted, and we're ready for another episode. I am your High Priest, Ray, and unfortunately, Konishu won't be joining us tonight. I believe he took his carbonadium armor out with him and a motorcycle, and he's hitting the streets of New York. So uh, best of luck there, Connor. Hopefully we'll catch you again soon. But in Connor's place, and as mentioned in our newsletter, we have a special guest. We have Orion Petit-Clerc from the Venomaniacs uh, podcast on YouTube. Welcome, Orion. How are you? I'm well. How about you? Yeah, really good and really happy to have you on the show as well with us. Uh, it's always great to have new new guests and um, people that can bring in, a, I don't know, a different angle towards our show. And uh, let it be said, you're very, I guess, Venom-centric. Um, bef- <laughs> before we get into it, um, let's just... Uh, Let's let the loony listeners know a bit more about yourself. So tell us more about your your podcast. Yeah, so um, I'm kind of a moderator of sorts for the Venom site. Um, we are one of the Internet's largest and most prominent um, Venom fan clubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just Venom, but all things Symbiote. Uh, we're also kind of recognized by, uh, kind of unofficially, we're recognized by uh, Marvel Editorial and some of the creators. We've had, uh, we we run our own podcast called We Are Venomaniacs, Mm -hmm. which we publish on YouTube right now. Um, We'll figure out how to publish on other platforms soon. Um, uh, We record, we're now recording on our Discord channel that we have, the We Are Venomaniacs Discord server. So that, um, Anytime we record, we let people know the date of recording, and they can always log in to listen to a live recording and chat with the creators uh, via text. Mike. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a pretty cool club. Um, we've really grown over the years. Uh, a lot of us first joined when um, the Venom Volume 2 by Rick Remender had started, which was the first run for... Um, Flash Thompson's Agent Venom, mm-hmm. a very popular series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been around since then as well and really saw this community grow since then. Uh, and we have a presence um, on several different platforms. Uh, we have it on Twitter. We have on uh, we have a subreddit, which I help run, and uh, several other places. Um, but you can mostly find us on www.thevenomsite.com. Fantastic. That What I really love about that, Orion, as well as what you've mentioned, is that Discord server. Real innovation. Uh, we love interacting with... I mean, it's so cool because if you, you know, lift up under a rock somewhere, you'll find all these podcasts about, you know, not only Marvel characters, but DC characters as well. And we've had a field day uh, interacting and just meeting these new podcasts. So, I mean, my gosh, I can't believe we haven't come across the Venomaniacs 
uh, up until now. Uh, we've had, you know, the likes of Iron Fist, uh, Ghost Rider. Uh, there's a big Punisher one at the moment as well. Um, it's been going on for ages. Uh, I love just trying to track down these character-based podcasts. Uh, so when you approached me, actually, to um, to come on to the show as well, I just had to grab it with two hands. I mean, it, it just sounds so cool. And with, with Venom very much in the mind's eye of um, of people, not only in comics, but also in the movies, uh, it's... Oh gosh, it must be a real boon for you guys. It must be a really exciting time for you guys to be to be bringing out episodes and discussing things, um, new new material. Donny Kate, say for instance, and and delving into the past ones as well. Oh yeah, we've definitely been having a heyday. It's it's a bit of a double edged sword uh, with the movie, though. Uh, mm. You probably heard a lot of the negative reviews about it from critics and from fans, um, but for the most part, we've had a lot of support for the Venom movie, so that's great. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, Donny Cates, we've we've been having quite the renaissance when it comes to Venom comics because uh, Eddie Brock became Venom once again, I think it was just uh, last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the run he became Venom in uh, by Mike Costa, mm-hmm. um, it kind of divided fans, I think. Um, for the most part, uh, there's been a lot of fans saying they liked it popping yeah. up recently, but um, it was a kind of uh, a little controversial because Casa uh, had begun his series um, essentially almost completely forgetting that Flash had the symbiote mm. um, because uh, in the previous, before Casa's run was the uh, Venom Space Knight Space run. Night. Yeah. Yeah, that that was uh, another really popular Venom series. Oh, and Olivetti, everyone, Olivetti art, yeah, was superb. Yeah, definitely. And so, when, when all of a sudden uh, Mike Costa's series begins with Venom no longer with Flash, everyone was a bit disappointed. It's like, hey, what's happening here? And then uh, he had it bond to um, to. Oh. oh, the guy. Um, <laughs> what's his name? Lee? Yeah, yeah. Is it Lee? Something? Lee Price. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. In case the podcasters don't know, it's actually one thirty uh, <laughs> over there around in the morning where I am in California. So it's. Yeah. I'm, I'm probably going to have a few moments where I'm like, oh, I gotta yeah. remember this. We had but to have yeah, you. We... we had to have you under the moonlight, as you mentioned on Twitter. So exactly. <laughs> if you come on the show, you've got to come under the moonlight. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely it's uh it's pretty cool. Uh the Lee Price Venom uh is probably the least favored uh Venom host. Mm. Uh and it, it it's it's been pretty funny how how much of a reaction Lee Price got from fans. Like you you'll find a few fans out there who love Lee Price, but yeah. for the most part we want to forget about him. Yeah, but I, then, uh, oh, sorry, you go ahead. Sorry, yeah, I, I um, look, I I collected that series. I kind of had to drop it towards the end there, but from what I take from it, in hindsight, it seemed like Marvel were building up for the symbiote to return to Eddie Brock, and and that being the big marketing thing, right? And so I always saw Lee as a um, transitional character, uh, you know. There was a surprise when he got the symbiote because everyone's like, who the hell is this guy? Um, 
And again, as you were saying, looking back into Venom Space Knight, which was an awesome run. I really loved it. And incidentally, uh, yeah, no surprises. Marvel do this sort of thing. Like they just, things chop and change so quickly. But I did miss seeing what happened to Space Space Knight Venom because he was awesome character. But yeah, I always saw Lee as a transitional character as well. Was that, do you know anything further to that? Was was he meant to be, was he road tested to, to be the, the next Venom? And was he changed because of popularity or, or, or something like that? I I think that um, the original intention Mike Cosley had was him to be Venom. Okay. But then um, that was really early on when the Venom movie news was first coming out. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, we're getting Eddie Brock as Venom in the movie. So it might have been a little bit of ah, movie synergy going yeah. on there saying, hey, we got to bring uh, Eddie Brock back for the movie. Yeah. So I think that's what really pushed them because I think – uh, Mike Costa intended for Lee Price to last longer than the six issues he did. Mm-hmm. Um, so they immediately brought uh, Eddie Brock back in for uh, issue number six, and then following that, the big issue number yes. 150 when they went with the legacy numbering. Yeah, yeah. I and think that's, then, that's um, when I dropped off it, but um, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, so um, the, the return of Eddie Brock had a bit of mixed reviews because... Um, with his history, um, the way he was acting with the symbiote mm-hmm. uh, was very incongruent with uh, previous uh, previous incarnations of the character, mm-hmm. such as uh, just before the Space Knight series, uh, not not Space uh, just before the uh, Mike Costa series. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was this great. Um, Carnage run by uh, Jerry, Jerry Conway. Conway. Yeah, that was great. That, I followed that. That was good. It was great. Yeah, no, definitely. There was uh, one issue in particular towards yeah. the end mm-hmm. that had that had one of the pivotal Eddie Brock um, characterizations in Eddie Brock's history. It was fantastic. Um, of course, the the ending was uh, something not quite as loved. As everyone right. would want it to be, it, it was it was a bit. It felt a bit rushed. Okay, yeah. But yeah. Um, but I think that was because uh, of the idea of um, Marvel trying to synergize it with the movie because they uh, had to get rid of. Because uh, at the time, Eddie Brock was bonded to the Toxin Symbiote, yes. which is the um, son of Carnage. Yeah, and so, he was so, controlled. Um, he had like a there was a flip switch that one of the agents had that could actually allow the symbiote the toxin symbiote to um to be released right it was a great series i loved it it, it came and went um beautiful mike perkins art i remember um i love the uh the delving into the dark hold which jerry conway had reintroduced he actually introduced it all the way back I think even uh, Werewolf by Night, you know, let's link it to Moon Knight. I think it was there. I was reading some old comics by Jerry Conway, and uh, and there was uh, an interview then I read after about him introducing it in the Carnage series, uh, and it's really good. Um, yeah, I, I love that. I thought it was great. It had a really tense. Uh, it was Carnage was kind of uh, not the focus point in it, which I really loved. It was that team of. Um, is it John Jameson, who's the son of J. Jonah Jameson? Yeah, uh, yeah, and had Betty Brock. He was he was the unstable one. I really I really enjoyed that series actually, um, but it wasn't it wasn't 
it wasn't light towards the end. Yeah, no, it's, it, it was specifically the last issue. Okay. It felt like a very rushed conclusion. Yeah. A lot of it had went unexplained. Right. Um, otherwise, the rest of the series was just absolutely phenomenal. It was great, wasn't it? Oh, so dark. <laughs> yeah, I think they, they went in the right direction for Carnage with that one, as mm. Jerry Conway put it. Um, instead of making him, you know, just this mass murder serial killer, two dimensional character, he mm. was like, you know what? Let's make Carnage a basically a force of nature that you can't exactly stop. You just yeah. have to survive. Mm. And I love that. I love that aspect of Carnage. Now it's like, yeah, it, 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 like Cletus Cassidy is not a sympathetic character. No. He's very two-dimensional, you know, mm. uh, which is fine because really when you introduce Cleus Cassidy or Carnage into the story, he's there to just, you know, cause chaos. Yeah. And it's hard to actually write for him, I guess, because because you can't garner that sympathy for him, right? Because his character betrays any form of, you know, trying to empathize with him. He's, as you say, like a brutal force. So I find, I think it's difficult for writers to probably handle him in that sense without him being very one-dimensional. But I thought Jerry Conway did it really well uh, by having him kind of put, uh, you know, aside a little and him being the, you know, the prize that everyone's kind of looking for. Um, What happened to, there was another, there was a new uh, symbiote wasn't there um that that woman yes. i can't remember she was a she was on the sh- on the boat uh yes she was a raise yeah yeah raise um so raise was kind of um we're, we're never sure because there's two kind of spawn when it comes to symbiotes there are true spawn like toxin mm-hmm. um or there are clone spawn which i like to call them uh, kind of like Raze or Scorn or any of the Life okay. Foundation symbiotes, uh, which people will be familiar with Life Foundation symbiotes from the movie, mm-hmm. such as Riot and the other ones. Right. Um, although in the movie, they weren't uh, Spawn of Venom, but yeah, no need to be confused there. <laughs> but um, yeah, Raze was one of the clone Spawn, I believe. Um, and she... Uh, her symbiote got absorbed in the end by, um, oh, uh, by one of the other characters, Jubileel, who was the new character for the series. Mm-hmm. Um, she got absorbed by Jubileel to take oh, on right. yeah. um, the, the elder god, Cathan, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, Carnage was uh, bringing to Earth. Yes. So uh, she merged with the symbiote rays uh she took down kathan and then that was the last we saw of rays she also um absorbed the toxin symbiote um so she had both symbiotes with her mm-hmm. so that's why that's how eddie brock um lost the toxin symbiote just to be prepared for venom oh okay okay right yeah really good stuff it's such a a world in itself like the symbiotes and everything it, it's it's fascinating stuff um are you? What other titles are you picking up at the moment? Say, like from the last week, what's on your pull list? On my pull list, I've got. Um, I I really liked uh, a few years ago. Um, Cullen Bunn uh, did a series called uh, "The Fearless Defenders." 
Oh, okay. Uh, which was an all-female Marvel team uh, featuring uh, the likes of Valkyrie mm-hmm. um, uh, and several other characters. I, I'm right now blanking on them. But mm-hmm. um, uh, recently he started a new series called The Asgardians of the Galaxy. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. Which which is basically like if you loved the Secret Def- uh, Secret Defenders, mm-hmm. you would love Asgardians of the Galaxy because it kind of continues that. Right. It looks a lot of fun. Actually, I, I'm not collecting it myself at the moment, but I know Throg's in there, so it's got to be it's got to be a fun time, right? And I like I, I like Valkyrie. I think I think it would be really good. Um, that's heading towards something we know as well. Uh, the Donny Cates had released uh, a preview of what's happening in 2019 with the Guardians of the Galaxy. So we're, I'm not sure how the Asgardians of the Galaxy will. We'll feed into that, but uh, it looks exciting times for the cosmic realm of Marvel because, geez, the Guardians of the Galaxy look like it's full of big-time hitters at the moment. Uh, this is next year, yeah. mind you, but, uh, yeah, you've got the likes of Silver Surfer, uh, Gladiator, um, Cosmic Ghost Rider. It looks absolutely kick-ass, and that's um, that's very exciting. Uh, anything else of, of note that you're collecting at the moment? Um, I'm also collecting um, DC's Batman Beyond series. I'm a huge yeah. Batman Beyond fan as well. Yeah. Um, and then uh, what else am I collecting? Of course, I'm collecting uh, Marvel's Moon Knight series. Excellent. Um, American Gods, my Einzel. Okay. Uh, I like Neil Gaiman stuff as well. Yes. I got a lot of things I collect. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, the Venom series and all the different Venom offshoots that are coming. So, yeah. You, Go ahead. Sorry. Um, so you are collecting all the, all the Venom titles. Um, was it First Host, uh, Web of Venom, uh, all yeah. that stuff? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, we actually, a couple of weeks ago, we recorded a We Are Venom Maniacs podcast episode. Uh, this, this, it will be our longest episode we've ever recorded. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came in uh, a little over two hours. We'll see how it does when um, edited down. Mm-hmm. But it was our review of uh, both the Venom movie and of First Host. Okay. Um, and I can tell you for for the most part, First Host was not very popular. Um, this this was an um, this was Mike Costa's return to Venom mm-hmm. to kind of finish up a storyline he he left dangling at the end of his series mm-hmm. regarding uh, Venom's uh, new Spawn, who um, was actually never named in the comic. It was yeah. only named in um, the in, in the pre, uh, one of the pre, uh, not the previews. Um, little recap at the beginning of the comic his name is sleeper um and so he kind of brought that in and then also explained uh uh, another storyline that was kind of dangled back in space night uh which is who was venom's first host ah yes 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 yeah so it turned out to be um and this is spoilers for anyone who hasn't read it yet Hmm. it turned out to be this uh this Cree warrior named Telkar, mm-hmm. who now a bunch of us call Cree um, Price, because <laughs> he's, he's basically Lee Price 2.0. Not, not very popular? Not very popular. Oh, uh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so he, 
So it wasn't a, a fantastic series. It had a little bit of fantastic art to it, mm-hmm. and I liked the character Sleeper, the new symbiote. Mm-hmm. Uh, though he 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 will probably never show up again. He kind of shuffled off into uh, obscurity, as most symbiotes tend to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, then uh, we had the. Venom, the web of yes. Venom, Venom. I really, uh, I really enjoyed that. Uh, the first issue was very strong. I thought. Yeah, it was. It was pretty good. Um, I mean, but when I read it, I wasn't entirely, um, you know, t- uh, taken over by it. It's mm-hmm. just, it's. Uh, it felt a little like if that had come out before Donny Cates's run, yeah, it would have made sense as a prequel. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. it was it was um it's a one and done, right? Because the next one has Carnage, which looks awesome as well. It's immediately drawn me in because it looks like I don't know, they just look like one shots and I can see them being collected into a trade and you're having these really cool stories one after the other. Um Yeah, so mm. Web of Venom is supposed to be a one shot type of series. Mm. The, like you said, the next issue is Carnage Born, which is um resurrecting Carnage because uh, when last we saw um, Cletus Cassidy and the Carnage symbiote, mm-hmm. Cletus Cassidy was separated from the Carnage symbiote uh, following the events of Jerry Conway's Carnage series. Mm-hmm. And then he was brought back for um, the uh, what we call the Poison Trilogy, yes. which yeah. is uh, Venomverse, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Poison X, which is the X-Men Blue and Venom crossover series, mm-hmm. and then concluded with Venomized. And uh, in Venomized, they brought him in and because in the Venomverse series, there was an alternate reality carnage that really uh, raised hell with the poisons mm-hmm. and their plans. And they feared him so much that they decided, well, when we come to the uh, mainstream universe, the 616 universe, mm-hmm. we're going to find this carnage person and turn him immediately so we have this powerhouse. Mm. So they found Cletus Cassidy, but of course without Carnage because he was separated at the time. And they just put a, a symbiote on him and then put a poison on him to make him into a poison Carnage. Mm. And um, at the end of the series, he was left um, pretty much floating dead in space again. <laughs> uh, this is the second time he's been left floating in space <laughs> dead. Yeah. And then the Carnage symbiote itself was um, attached to uh, Norman Osborn for the Amazing Spider-Man series. Uh, it's Legion, oh. um, the 800. The Red, Gob- was, the Red Goblin, right? Exactly, the mm. Red Goblin. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last we saw of that was he was separated from the Carnage symbiote, but he had also extended it to his grandson, Normie. Mm. And Normie apparently still has some of that symbiote. Ooh, Oh, this is fascinating stuff. I, I can see it all tying together now. It's really cool. I mean, it, the, the Spider-Verse is just huge, and, you know, let alone the Venom-Verse as well. But, no, that's that's really that's really cool stuff. Far out. But, um, yeah, yeah but, so, but... yeah, Web of Venom, yeah, that's good. And then obviously, as you mentioned, Donny Cates' um, Venom series as well, which I'm collecting. I think it's, it's really good at the moment. It's a very dark edge. Someone described it as very kind of Spawn-esque. Uh, just in tone, and I, I I don't collect Spawn. I used to, but I can see that it's really really cool. I love I love what he's doing with the whole Venom um, mythology. Yeah, his series has been 
one of it's probably as as we called it in the podcast um this is kind of eddie brock's rick remender moment where rick mm-hmm. remender really redefined the venom character when he wrote uh, agent venom and became super popular mm-hmm. uh the Donny Cates is doing the same thing with Eddie Brock Venom, kind of revitalizing the character, mm-hmm. and he, he's been doing such a great job. And like, I love the marketing that they've been doing for Venom on on uh, Twitter and all mm. all the different social media platforms because they've been calling it better than Watchmen, which is <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> and yeah, but, and, and I, I'll keep on saying that as well. Venom is better than Watchmen. <laughs> Yeah, Donny Cage is a very, very big talent. Uh, I did, I did give my two cents as well. Though, like, I am worried that he might get burnt out. I mean, he's just doing so much, you know. Uh, and yeah. for me, I don't know. I mean, it, this is just me. I mean, he's a very talented writer. But for me, I t- sometimes I get kind of put off when every title I look at is done by Donny Cage, you know, because there's a, there's a little part of me wanting a bit of variety, but I can't deny that, you know, if you look at Cosmic Ghost Rider, if you look at Venom, uh, if you look at, uh, what else is there? Web of Venom, uh, you look at, is he doing Death of Inhumans as well? All, all very different, you know? So he does have so much range to him. You know, so he, he, I think he's one of the big hitters in Marvel at the moment. Uh, they've struck a good deal with him. He's there for a, a foreseeable time, and good on him because he's got a wealth of ideas, and it's it's great to see them all kind of firing on all cylinders. So that's that's really good. Um, yeah, and he did the uh, Doctor Strange Damnation. Yes, uh, oh, of course, as well. of course. Well, yeah. da- Damnation, you know, for Moon Knight fans, there was a bit of contention there with the depiction of Moon Knight. Uh, some people liked it, you know, because he was, he was kind of lighthearted. Uh, some of the other fans, uh, kind of like myself, uh, were kind of, uh, didn't really kind of get get Moon Knight, especially Mr. It's Knight. Not, I don't think it's the worst depiction, honestly. I think, you do, I think you can do worse. <laughs> oh, you, you probably could. You're probably good. But I cannot fault as well. His Doctor Strange run would have to be one of my favourite Doctor Strange runs recently as well. Um, Really, really loved his issues, the tie-ins there. And for any listeners out there who have just jumped on board, we did do a Damnation crossover with three other podcasts. We did it with Inner Demons, the Ghost Rider podcast, Iron Fist, uh, Sons of the Dragon, and we did it with Defenders TV podcast who covered the Doctor Strange aspects. So all four of us cover the whole event. So back wow. in March, yeah, back in March, just look at our back catalogs. Uh, we should have links to all the other episodes, but we all take turns in, in reviewing each of the issues. It was a lot of fun. It made the event a lot of fun, actually. Um, but what we found was... Uh, was Doctor Strange? Kate's Do- Doctor Strange was, I think, by far the strongest, even even than I thought than the the core books as well. So um, yeah, Donny Kate is is doing it really well. Um, look, Orion, I think also as well. Let's quickly mention. So you have seen the Venom movie, right? I'm sure you have. Yes, yes. I haven't yes. as yet, and it's not like I I don't want to. I actually really do want to see it, but. Um, yeah, a little three-month-old little fella has um, prevented me yeah. from going to the cinema. So I'm hoping to catch it when it comes on rental or something, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not put off by... You mentioned bad bad uh, feedback or uh, bad responses from, yeah. from fans and stuff. Look, yeah, 
If you're a fan, I always am a big advocate. If you're a fan, everyone's taste is different. Uh, don't be put off by any negative stuff. Uh, go for yourself. Go check it out yourself. Sorry, uh, and and see what. Uh, see if you like it, you know. Um, so that's that's how I'm going in on it as well. I'm trying to filter out all the, you know, all the comments I've heard about it. And look, it's it's going to be a fun film, isn't it? It's not going to, you know, it's it's a popcorn film, which is basically what all comic yeah. book fan, films are. So yeah, I, I'm going to go in and hopefully enjoy it. Uh, but let's see, it, it's done well, hasn't it? So there's probably a sequel on the yeah. way. Yeah. It, it, it has been very surprising mm. how well it's done. And it, I don't think it has been re- released in China yet. And oh, they've wow. been really marketing it. And it's, it's, I think it's going to really boom once it hits China as well. But it, otherwise it has been doing spectacularly. And I've, and I'm like, I, I love it. Cause I, I've been a supporter of this film since day one. I've never had anything bad to say about it because mm. I've been looking forward to this movie for such a long time, ever since the uh, after uh, Spider-Man three, mm-hmm. and, and like I loved the movie. Like I, I get the criticisms, but I'm an absolute supporter of the movie, and I'm yeah. I'm really looking forward to a sequel. Hopefully, um, they'll. They'll keep the sequel in mind uh, because I know they're right now moving on to uh, shoot Morbius, Living Vampire. Oh, really? Awesome. Yeah. Yes. So they're they're moving on to that. Um, they're really trying to push their uh, Sony Alternative Marvel Universe, um, their Spider Verse, so called. Um, but hopefully, uh, you know, the other movies. Uh, I, I hope they're you know, if not as good, then better than Venom mm. uh, just to keep the franchise alive and hopefully not detract from Venom's success. Yeah. Well, what's happened um, to, do you know what's happened to Silver Sable and Black Cat? Was that? Yeah. So um, uh, uh, apparently originally they were meant to be together in a movie called Silver and Black. Silver and Black, yeah. But then um, it sounds like that plan kind of got scrapped and they were talking about maybe putting uh, Silver Sable and Black Cat on the back burner for now and focusing on um, Morbius, Morbius, which is okay. really their next film. Right. Um, yeah. Otherwise, uh, yeah, no, dude, Venom, the movie, it, I think what you have to do is you have to realize that what the critics are saying, mm-hmm. what they're talking to, is the actual quality of the film, not the material itself. Okay. Because um, they're just... They're judging it from a film critic's perspective, not from a fan's perspective. Mm, yeah, yeah. So uh, Venom is, uh, I guess you could say objectively, not a fantastic movie. Yeah. There's, a, there's a lot that is wrong with it. Even I had, like, I, I saw it three times in theaters. I'm, oh, wow. <laughs> that's as many times as I'm going to see it uh, yeah. in theaters. I will wait now till the video release. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, I I definitely say there are a lot of things that are uh, pretty off with the movie. Okay, but um, I think one of the biggest things that uh, a lot of fans uh, might have criticized about it is that they were expecting it to be a hard R, dark and yeah. edgy type of film. Yeah, which um, you know it would have been great if we got an R uh, rating for the film. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty sure because Tom Hardy had mentioned there's like um, something like 40 minutes of unused footage. Wow, that was cut from the film. 
So I'm hoping that uh, even though Sony is adamant about saying, no, there is no R cut of the film, Mm -hmm. that it will kind of go the way of the recent DC films, whereas uh, they would get a re-release or an alternative release for home video of unrated cut or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So hopefully the same thing happens for Venom. I'm really hoping for that because I'd love to see how much more there was to it. Yeah. Oh, I reckon as well. I think that's a great idea as well. And that'd be, I don't know, that'd be silly not to because uh, as a consumer and to buy the Blu-ray or, you know, whatever, um, or the DVD that you get, it is another another nice incentive, isn't it, to, f- to see another version of the film. And yeah. when you have people screaming for an R-rated version and you have the theatrical version, isn't that a marketer's dream? Why not just have the theatrical version, and you have another version, I reckon you'd get a lot... And you'd actually get a lot of people really interested who may not have originally considered to get the DVD yeah. uh, to actually buy it. So I think I think that's a great idea. So hopefully Sony... Hopefully, I mean, if there's 40 minutes, that would be great. I mean, ho- hopefully 40 usable, you know... Um, yeah, at least even footage. some of that, if it's usable. Mm. Like, um, what, what I'm hoping is, like, well, for first, for first off, for any fans who have their doubts about it, um, or who have been saying this is a terrible film because it's not the dark, edgy thing they were expecting, mm-hmm. um, all I say is like, look at the source material they're pulling from Venom: Lethal Protector and Planet of the Symbiotes, mm-hmm. and you will realize Venom's not really overall a dark and edgy character. Okay. He actually does have some corny humor to him. Mm. Uh, especially in the early nineties. Oh, 90s for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. So, absolutely. so the fact that there is a lot of levity to the film mm. really speaks to his history. Okay. Which I've, which I really loved, you know, I'm yeah. glad we had a laugh. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Yeah. As, but otherwise what, what I'm really hoping is, you know, Venom is doing so well in the box office right now yeah. that, uh, and, and really, um, we all believe that it was Sony's intention to release a PG 13 film to kind of entice Marvel studios and Disney into saying, okay, maybe we'll consider, uh, mm-hmm. including Venom in the MCU. Um, but since we are already doing so well with the film, hopefully mm. that idea has come across Marvel and Disney's line, uh, minds. Yeah. So, uh, my my what i hope will happen yeah is that uh later down the line say the movie comes out on home release mm-hmm. and they say you know what we're going to do a special release in theaters again yep. but it will be the r cut yes it kind of kind of like how they're doing uh how fox is doing the deadpool right now where yeah. the uh deadpool 2 they had it released and it was the r of course it rated r and everyone loved it and everything yeah and they're doing a special release uh, around christmas time this year oh. uh where's a family cut of the film which is like supposed to be okay. pg-13 because it, it was kind of like the film was basically a family film just with r elements <laughs> but they're kind of like um playing down r elements i yeah. i assume uh, why not? I mean, why not? You you want to expand your fan base as well, and you you kind of limit yourself. Uh, I was just speaking to a work colleague as well, and his daughter is actually into a lot of the MCU stuff, but he obviously doesn't let her kind of watch Deadpool because she's not kind of old enough yet for that. Yeah. Uh, why not just make a, a PG version as well? I mean, again, for marketing purposes, it makes sense. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. You yeah. know, it, I mean, it's because uh, it's it's no, it's you know, we all know why Sony are make is making these uh, Venom movies and their Spider Verse. It's all money motivated. Yeah. yeah, and what what better way to get more money than to do a re-release in theaters but with the r version of course of course absolutely absolutely yeah well anyway that's uh that's really cool i'm looking forward to that i'm hoping that you know i I will be picking up the the blu-ray you know once it once it drops anyway uh and i'll be looking for hopefully i can get to the cinema (laughs) someday we'll have to see um but you know let's um i'm kind of edging it towards you know, our loony listeners and our Moon Knight fans, of course. Uh, you and I spoke briefly about Venom and Moon Knight actually uh, crossing paths. And they're really, well, the one that we want to cite is from the the Mike Benson run. Uh, yes. So it's, it's issue 22, I've got, issue 21 or 22. And so just interesting, you know, obviously Venom's such a, such a powerful character uh, and our boy Moon Knight getting in there it was um it was quite an interesting tussle I thought um Moon Knight was uh in the issue he actually goes kind of <laughs> kind of daredevil in the sense that he goes in all black his all black uh costume uh and he infiltrates a base where Venom and some other villains who are the Thunderbolts under Norman Osborn uh, are there to stop Moon Knight. Um, I think uh, I've got to re- reread my my Moon Knight in this era, but uh, yeah, Norman Osborn has the shits basically with Moon Knight and doesn't like him as well. Uh, so Venom's on the team. Uh, and uh, I forgot to ask her on if you have your version with you. Uh, I've got it in front of me now. Uh, do you have a copy I- by any chance? No. I don't have the copy in front of me right now, but yeah. I have the Marvel Wiki page open, so I can okay. have a bit of a pressure. Okay, yeah. I mean, well, I'm um, I'm looking at it uh, at the moment, and we see it's kind of a a bit of a short, sharp uh, altercation between Venom and and Moon Knight. Um, yeah, what, what don't you, what, yeah, why don't you read out the uh, the the Wiki stuff? Yeah, so um, I, I it's it's a, a couple of paragraphs, but I can read it out. But mm-hmm. um, Norman Osborn and his Thunderbolts has uh, have been tasked with tracking down and apprehending the rogue superhero Moon Knight. He provides them dossiers on Spectre's background and provides them with a slideshow detailing his physical capabilities. Osborn wants to be certain that they can secure Moon Knight uh, without added intervention from. Shield. So, meanwhile, Bertrand Crawley visits the home of Jean-Paul Jusham mm-hmm. uh, and his roommate, Rob. Uh, he tells them that Moon Knight is in trouble and will require their help. Frenchie, Frenchie has no intention of helping Mark Spector any longer. His friendship with, Mark, uh, with Spector has been brought to nothing but pain. Crawley then calls up uh, Spector's former paramour, Marlene Alron. Her response to Crawley's plea meets with as much success as his meeting with Duchamp. Uh, elsewhere, Iron Man and a detachment of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents arrive at the ruins of a crack house, the last known sighting of Moon Knight. Iron Man is irritated for letting someone like Moon Knight manipulate the Commission of Superhuman Affairs into giving him a registration card. 
Moon, Moon Knight, meanwhile, after stopping a truck full of drug runners, runs into the Thunderbolts. The team attacks him, and Spectre retreats into the safety of a darkened warehouse. Moon Knight gets the drop on the Swordsman and quickly disables him. Venom charges f- toward him, but Moon Knight backflips behind a supply of propane tanks. Yep. Venom's momentum drives him into the tanks, and there's a huge explosion, which, if you know Venom, fire is, yes. is kryptonite. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone evacuates the building safely, but Moon Knight has disappeared. Uh, Spectre does not escape uh, uh, unscathed, however. The explosion nearly disembowels him, and he ha- barely has the strength to make it back to his headquarters. Within the sanctity of his home, Mark Spectre collapses upon the floor. Yeah, so it was, it was a short and sharp altercation uh, with, with Venom there, but it was fun to see our boy Mooney going toe-to-toe yeah. with Venom. It seemed like Venom was the his own worst enemy there. He kind of... Uh, I was looking at the pages as you were reading it, and he kind of charges towards Moon Knight, and, and he's still shouting out, kill, kill, and he ends up biting into one of the propane gases, uh, um, propane gas tanks, and that causes yeah. the explosion, so not the best there. Yeah, for a bit of context for people who don't know this, um, this Venom is, at, uh, the host is actually Matt Gargan, who was formerly the Scorpion, mm. and Matt Gargan is, uh, originally used to be um, everyone's least favorite Venom host until Lee Price came along. <laughs> Um, and then Cree uh, Price. I, yeah, and then Cree Price. Yeah. Um, I I actually liked uh, Matt Gargan's run. I understand the criticism, but uh, I like pretty much every Venom character except for Lee Price. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Lee, uh, Matt Gargan is not an intelligent character, so it was mm-hmm. no surprise that he went out this way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he probably should stick to just being Scorpion, eh? Um. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there was another thing. I can't, uh, unfortunately, sorry, Loonies, I don't have it with me. There's also a, a quite a popular image. I'm not sure if it's issue 21 or not. I had a quick flick through 21. I couldn't see it. But there is an image where, where Moon Knight is in his, um, his traditional costume and Venom is above him in an, in an alleyway. Uh, yes. So, yeah. Uh, that, that might have been the, uh, issue prior to it. The, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, it, I remember that being, like, the last... Uh, page of the issue. Okay, let me have a let me. Have, I've got twenty one here as well. So, I thought I thought I didn't see it, but um, it would make sense. Obviously, uh, it's uh, because that was what I was on my no. See that last page has Norman Osborn and the Green Goblin uh, at the back. You so. know what? It it might have been an issue twenty two, like just a brief shot right okay. before Venom attacks. That might have been it. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Um, in any case. Th- you know what I love about Moon Knight is that he always takes on villains or opponents way beyond his his league, uh, and I'd have to admit that Venom is truly well and above his league. I mean, he could he could bite his head off, he could get the symbiote to to do all sorts of things to Moon Knight. So, kind of glad it was short and sharp in this altercation. But as you say, Gargan's not the best; uh, he's not the sharpest tool in the shed. So. Uh, he was just probably his own worst enemy in that one <laughs> as well. Um, yeah. yeah. If you want, I can give you a brief summary of other time, other memorable moments when Moon Knight has crossed paths with the symbiotes. 
Oh, okay, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, so um, in comics in particular, mm-hmm. uh, he crossed paths with Sibius. Uh, it, it was never really seen uh, on the page, mm-hmm. but it was mentioned in the Venomverse series that um, there was a venomized Moon Knight from an alternate reality that was eventually turned into a poison. Yes, I, I yes, I did read. Um, yeah, I did read Venomverse, so I do remember there was a yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Yeah, so unfortunately we didn't get to see that one. That would have been cool to see, but mm-hmm. um, and then uh, notably in in video games, uh, oh. uh, there was the Spider Man Web of Shadows video game, which was very symbiote centric, oh. and uh, even even though uh, Moon Knight was uh, was one of the characters uh, you played uh, you played with, not not you didn't play as, but you know mm-hmm. you interacted with and everything. Yeah. There was concept art, uh, and it was in the credits of the game at the end Ooh. of a symbiote Moon Knight. Ah, that'd be that'd be great. The, the yeah. melding of two great characters, I think that would be that would be perfect. <laughs> it, it was actually one of my motivations. I I'm a writer as well, mm-hmm. um, and back when that game was out, I I was so in love with that game that I decided continue its story because it's one of those games where you have the morality system uh, red suit black suit morality yeah um and if you ended on uh there was like four different endings for the game depending on the choices you made throughout the game and i decided hey i want to write a uh, fan fiction series uh that kind of continues after the full black suit ending which is uh spider-man being completely taken over by the symbiote and right. allowing New York to stay invaded by symbiotes. Mm-hmm. And I wrote into that series um, the symbiote Moon Knight and had some fun with that. Yeah, right. Awesome. No, I mean, that, that sounds great. We, we're going to have to actually talk more about your writing coming up <laughs> as well. Um, but before we get into the main event uh, and the big reason why you're here, Ryan, which is an ARC review of Moon Knight Volume 1, Issues 31 to 32, why don't we take a quick short break and we'll be right back. <laughs> Hi, this is Phil Parrish from the Caves and Lunatics podcast, a proud member of the collective, and you're listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. Yes, welcome back, Looney listeners. We are here in Over the Moon. Yes, it is a waxing gibbous, I believe. And so Conchu has demanded that we do a trade or arc review for this episode. And as you are obviously aware, we have special guest Orion from the Venomaniacs podcast. Uh, we are Venomaniacs. We, oh, sorry. We are Venomaniacs. Uh, everything to do with Venom, the character, um, very popular at the moment, but um, Orion has chosen issues thirty-one and thirty-two. It's not—I mean, it is an arc, I guess. It's a—it's a, it's a two-parter, uh, and it goes all the way back in a volume one. Uh, first question, though, this was a great read, and I can't wait to get into it. But Orion, first question: Why did you choose this uh, this arc in particular? So. 
this two-part story is one of my favorite Moon Knight stories of all time. Um, I've actually uh, written a brief screenplay, uh, kind of in in the style of uh, of um, oh, if I don't know if you ever recall, there was um, the, a couple of uh, YouTube uh, short videos, mm-hmm. fan films, basically. Um, one was Truth in Journalism. Which okay. was a Venom fan film uh, starring Ryan Quantum uh, Quantin as uh, uh, Eddie Brock. Eddie Brock yeah. And then there was the Dirty Laundry video, which was the Punisher video featuring Tom Jane reprising his role as Punisher. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I forget who the um, who the uh, I think it was the producer or director who uh, was popular with those films mm-hmm. uh, i i kind of wrote a screenplay based on the story in 31 and 32 uh-huh. uh in the same kind of style but kind of modernizing it um right. mainly i had used uh instead of the, just the normal moon knight persona i had used uh mr knight because that's yes. I, I had ri- i wrote this back during the um Warren Ellis run. Right. And so Mr. Knight was super popular. I was like, okay, well, in this in this version, we're going to have a Mr. Knight instead of Moon Knight. Yeah. That would work well. I think Mr. Knight would fit in very well with this. It's very street level. I mean, like, when I say that, I know it's obvious, but it's very, uh, very street based. And it, it's basically dealing... Well, there's, there's a lot of themes in this, but it's basically dealing with the street gang, uh, the, the savage studs. Um, so yes, yeah, so, so that's cool. So how, how's the, um, so you you've written it, it's completed. Yeah. I wrote it a while ago. I, I, I probably have to revisit it. Um, I liked for, for one day to maybe be made into a short film. I call hmm. it music box. Okay. Yeah. You know, kind of, kind of one of those, like I said, it's kind of like truth and journalism or, or dirty laundry. Yep. You wouldn't know by the title that it's a Moon Knight uh, fan film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be great. I mean, yeah, you'll have to, I'll have to, we'll have to keep in touch. And if it ever does get off the ground, would really love to, really love to see it. Uh, yeah, it'd be great. I knew, I do know that a couple of loonies. I think Alex Lumen. I'll give a shout out to Alex Lumen, one of our loonies, uh, a young fella. He's He's a filmmaker as well. Uh, I'm not sure if he writes it as well, but he does act in the films. And he, well, they're currently doing a short film on Moon Knight as well. Uh, I'd love to to see that. I'd love to get him on the show, actually, and just talk all about it. But, uh, yeah, different medias to have Moon Knight in. We're still waiting for the Netflix show. We're still waiting for the movie. Uh, I'm sure yeah. it's around the corner somewhere. But... It's it's great work like you're, what you're doing yourself, like writing this fanfic stuff, um, getting short films made. It's the only way to kind of really show that the the demand is out there. So uh, really, hats off to you for that. It's really good. Thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. This is one of my favorite series, and um, I know that we're going to mention it, but it ties into a Warren mm. Ellis uh, issue. Yeah, let's talk about that straight away. I mean, there were a, a fortuitously, and I don't know, this this must have been, Conchu must have aligned this as well. So last episode, we did a review on Warren Ellis, uh, Volume 7, Issue 3, Box, which was all to do with Moon Knight fighting punk rock ghosts and him finding a box at the end 
uh, and some corpses of, of some street gangs. So that was just last issue. Uh, sorry, last episode, Orion. And we, we yeah, reviewed that. <laughs> and one of our loonies, Josh Geronimo Johnson, pointed out he's, he wondered if there was some correlation between that and volume one of Moon Knight. And lo and behold, here we are looking at issues 31 and 32. So I'm not sure if uh, you've done any further research, Orion, between volume one and Warren Ellis's run. Uh, have you, have you so, by any chance? No. So, yeah. Um, don't know if there is a direct correlation. Mm. I think it was kind of a spirit of the story type of situation. Um, yeah. where he, he, he probably, uh, Warren Ellis had probably, um, liked this particular story as well yep. and decided to kind of, uh, make his own take on it is kind of yeah. it almost reads as uh a spiritual spiritual successor to the story mm-hmm. um we can kind of extrapolate maybe the uh the the corpses um that became the ghosts in ellis's issue mm-hmm. uh were uh members of the savage studs mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well i mean sorry i on. think it was i think it was uh i think the Warren Ellis issue was really inspired by the um, the cover to number thirty one, mm-hmm. which shows Moon Knight struggling with a ghost uh, coming yeah. from the box. But there are no supernatural elements to the story whatsoever. No, so. none whatsoever. But most definitely in Warren Ellis's look, I want to take it one step further, Orion, and I reckon Warren Ellis was so close to actually getting it to work and align literally, like we see in Warren Ellis's issue three. When he, when Moon Knight, Mister Knight, Moon Knight, sorry, lifts the music box, it says, uh, "Johnny, be good, love mum." You know, if that had said, "Lenny, be good, love mum," I think that would have tied it all together. But I, I still appreciate that in the spirit of it. Uh, it's probably homage to to issues thirty one and thirty two, but I reckon, regardless of the fact that those punk rock ghosts. You know, didn't have stabbed studs uh, jackets on or anything like that. I reckon if at least there was a, a nod to Lenny, because Lenny is the one of the characters that we're going to look at in in issue thirty one and thirty two, and yeah. he is the son of the mum who who has a music box. Then that would just align everything, I think. Um, but yeah, and and there is actually a Johnny in issue thirty two here as well. I don't know if you picked that up as well. One of the savage studs is Johnny. But yeah. he has no connection to the music box, so a missed opportunity. I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe it was intentional from Warren Ellis to 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 veer clear of it, but to just like have a nod towards these issues. But I think it was. I I just love these little Easter eggs. You know that Warren Ellis has populated throughout his run. He does it in all of the issues, and it shows a, an attention to detail for Moon Knight's history, which is one of the great things about Ellis's run. I think. Yeah, um, yeah. But anyway, let's get into the, let's get into this. This is this is great stuff. Um, I'm going to throw it to you as well again, Orion. What we usually do for our over the moon for any lunapic review or over the moon review, we will start off with a sliver, which is just a in a nutshell, in a couple of sentences. How would you summarize the synopsis for this story? over the two issues and then we'll just talk about just points that we we enjoyed or um things that we picked up 
most notably was the, the Warren Ellis reference uh, as well, which we've we've already covered. And we'll finish off with a moon rating. Now, Ryan, I'm not sure if you've been on our Facebook group, but myself being very anal about all this, I have <laughs> specified each phase of the moon and how much they how much it equates to. So let's just do a rating at the end out of 10, and uh, I, can, okay. I can let you know what phase of the moon that is. <laughs> um, so not wanting to throw you in the deep end here, if you could, if you had a couple of sentences to describe this whole story, how would you describe what happens in issue 31 and 32? All right. So um, basically this story, um, Moon Knight kind of takes a bit of a... Um, a bit of a backseat role. He's kind of the observer of things mm-hmm. and a bit of an instigator as well. But uh, basically, we focus in on uh, Do Ro, which is a line of shops, uh, kind of failing shops uh, in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, Moon Knight had uh, been noted by uh, Ricky and Ray Landers, uh, Gina's kids, mm-hmm. that. Uh, there was some something going on with a gang there of, of the st- Savage Studs, and uh, he should look in on it. So the Savage Studs uh, have kind of graduated into uh, from a social club into um, a gang because they are uh, going around Doro um, collecting protection money and threatening the uh, the shopkeepers there. Yeah. In particular, there's one shopkeeper, uh, a pawnbroker. Mm-hmm. Um, who, uh, let me see if I can find his name. It uh, is Lewis. Uh, Lewis, yes, mm-hmm. Lewis. Uh, he's a bit of a troublemaker. He's kind of adamant about not giving in to the Savage Studs. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, their leader, Shank, is not too happy about that. He's very machismo, very like, oh, you know, you're going to do what I tell you, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but uh, it's kind of hinted at that um, Lenny, one of the uh, Savage Studs, has some sort of connection to Lewis and um, is very sweet on him. So he's like, you know what? Uh, forget about it. Um, I will take care of it later. Uh, don't worry about the protection money. I'll take care of it. And so uh, Moon Knight kind of intervenes when they start getting rough. And... Uh, uh, Shank goes in for a punch. Uh, Moon Knight, you know, blocks it, mm-hmm. and uh, Lenny decides to try to help him. But of course, Shank runs off while uh, Lenny's dealing with Moon Knight, kind of showing you know there's no honor among thieves. Yeah. And so Moon Knight uh, has a talk with Lenny, trying to explain you no, know, uh, go down the righteous path and all mm-hmm. that. And then he's like, how do we do that? Because look at the situation we're living in, blah, 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 that type of thing. Uh, and then goes off uh, to visit, visit his mom and think of a way to uh, get uh, Shank the money from the pawnbroker. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, uh, the, uh, Lewis is gathering with a bunch of the shopkeepers, uh, planning to um, go and fight the, uh, the gang. Uh, trying to um, free themselves of their influence. Uh, but Moon Knight talks them down from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, back to Lenny, uh, we find him at home with his mom, trying uh, stressing over how he's going to defuse the situation. Yep. 
his mom pulls out a old music box that was given to them by the father mm-hmm. uh, when Lenny was born, and it was like one of her tri- prized possessions. And uh, when she falls asleep, he figures, hey, this has to be worth something. So he takes it to the pawnbroker, Lewis, mm-hmm. and says, how much will you give this for? And Lewis is like, this is, I can't. I can't take this from you. I can't give you money for this because, you know, yeah. it's, it's a dream. It's someone's, a, someone's dream. It's a dream. Yeah. It's, and that is like, uh, that, that'll be something I have to discuss mm-hmm. uh, upcoming, but it was a great moment. And, uh, Lewis finally caves when, uh, when Lenny convinces him, Hey, you gotta do this or the alternative is going to be worse. Yeah. So he gets the money. He goes home again and his mother is completely distraught her music box is missing someone had stolen it and then he's like you know what i know who stole it i'll go take care of his yeah, change and of he goes, yeah yeah he goes off into the night and he's like oh how is this gonna play out i have to have this money but i can't ruin my mother's dream like this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that's the end of uh 31 yeah yeah uh, um yep and 32 is 32 is a, a massive recap. There's there's a massive recap for a fair few pages. Yeah, a lot it. of it is recap. I've, yeah. uh, so another thing to note with 31 and 32 is um, they both have B stories yes. afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Um, for 31, it was uh, Fly the Friendly Skies. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I know how worth it. It no. is to discuss that story. It's not, it's not a great story. No, it's hilarious because of the sign yeah. of the time, if, any, if anything. Uh, it, yeah. ha- it has a message. It has a, there's almost an environmental, me- but a psychopathic environmental message. Uh, look, yeah. in a nutshell for that, it's hilarious. Um, uh, Moonlight goes up in a blimp, basically. There's an eco-terrorist, um, and the only way he, he reckons that the world can be a better place um, environmentally is to get rid of humans. So he, he wants to gas everyone, I think. And there's uh, there are five female assassins, all hardly clothed. Uh, and, yeah. uh, it's, um, it's a really a ridiculous romp. Uh, but it's, it's a bit of fun, you know. Uh, so I urge yeah. you to, to read it if you can. Uh, and the second story at the end of 32... Orion, there's a big name that in here. That one was a bit better. There was a bit yeah, better, that... but it had a big name in it. Yeah, Mark Silvestri was, yeah. uh, I think, on art. Yeah, one of the... And, yeah. and he, very not like his artwork. Um, this must be very early, Mark Silvestri, before he honed his own skill. I mean, it's still very competent art, but, uh, yeah, yeah a, a different story. But, yeah, that, I mean, that's... And that's this was, that was another story where Moon Knight wasn't a major player in it. Like, mm. he barely did anything in that story. Yeah, but it was it was a great story. But uh, the point is, is that both of these issues have these B stories, yeah. and it felt like that um, the main stories for both of these issues could have fit into one issue if it wasn't for that extra space at the end. I, I believe so as well. And if it wasn't for the seven pages of recap in the in issue thirty two. I, I counted as well, but remember back in the day we didn't have that little blurb at the front, which was a, which is a recap now in all the comics that we read. Uh, this mm-hmm. was this was part and parcel of comics back in the day. You, you really had to reiterate what happened before, so uh, you know it, it's again a sign of the times. But just quickly on thirty two, what happens is uh, yes, yeah, so Lenny has a change of heart. He tries to get uh, well, he, he gets the the music box back. Uh, and he doesn't have the money for, for Shank. Uh, the Savage Studs get really angry about this, so they trash the pawn shop. 
there's a bit of a, a fracas, an altercation between Shank and Lenny, and unfortunately it results in Lewis, who tries to stop the fight, getting stabbed, and he dies. Uh, so a very sad kind of ending. Moon Knight is there all too late, but he still manages to find out the hideout of of the Savage Studs. And what I found really funny here, Orion, is that the Savage Studs are trying to organize a a dance. <laughs> yeah, uh, so <laughs> all this bus for just a dance. Now, basically, yeah. I think they're trying to raise the money to bring in a favorite band. There's something legit. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it the just motivation seems motivation behind it, it all. It's just like it does. It's a it's it's a little funny, isn't it? Yeah, it, it sounds like oh, these guys—they're just little kids wanting to organize um like a little concert. But they've obviously gone to the extreme in Do Row to terrorize shopkeepers. But anyway, Moon Knight finds a hideout. He basically takes on all the savage studs, and that's where we see a bit of Johnny. Uh, and there's yeah, there's a mohawk there as well. Not as big as the one in Warren Ellis's run. But uh, Moon Knight, uh, sorry, Lenny comes in uh, and he has a talk to Moon Knight um, and he manages to buy back the music box he gets from the pawn shop, you know, after the the tragedy that had just happened. And uh, yeah, and Moon Knight Knight is left to rue, uh, you know, fallen dreams. Uh, Yeah, I mean, and so that's that's basically the whole story there. now, just one of the points, obviously you mentioned as well, I, I loved how uh, Munch pl- uses the characters of Rick and Ray as well, are still very strong street informants for Moon Knight, so that's how Moon Knight catches wind of all this. Um, but one of the big things I thought as well was, I loved, again, the writing, you can start to see it with Doug Munch, uh, the pawn shop, and the way it's written, and how it, it, it it's it's written like a a house for all these broken dreams. And and this was the stuff that you were alluding to, Orion, with Lewis talking to Lenny about how he doesn't want to take the music box because, you know, it's someone's wedding ring, you know, or someone's uh, prized yeah. possession. Uh, but if, if ha- you don't mind, if you yeah. don't mind, I'd love to read yeah, just sure, sure. that entire conversation because yeah, it sure. is a gem, mm-hmm. really. So, um, so, uh, you know, uh, Lenny is arguing with Lewis, saying, you know, uh, this music box, box was mine as a kid. I could sell it, blah, blah, blah. So Lewis says, yes, yes, I know. And I tell you not to do this. Maybe it means nothing to you now, but Lenny, but someday. Lenny, I'm a merchant of dreams. And sometimes, many times, I am sick with myself uh, for trading such things. What are you talking about, old man? On the shelves, Lenny. All dreams, family heirlooms, the radio someone worked overtime to buy so he could share the sounds of beauty, the ring which once sealed love, the watch which once rewarded 50 years of honest service. These are just things, Lenny, and often junk, yes, but they're also symbols of dreams and hopes and aspirations. I deal in shattered dreams, Lenny. I turn precious dreams into cheap dollars. Do not help me to do it again. Not with such a lovely dream as this little box of music. Once a dream has been lost, Lenny, you cannot buy it back. Not with all the cheap dollars in the world. That yeah. was just... It was really good. Chills. It was, yeah, it was very well written. Um, 
Munch does really well, and and Lenny and Lewis they they are openly crying uh, at this as well in in the panels, but um, it just set up so well with Munch. He he says it right off the bat as well. I mean that is the great conversation that Lewis has with Lenny, but even at the beginning there's uh, some talk about the pawn shop, and uh, yeah I can't see it now, but it's um. Yeah, it's it's all about how... Oh, here it is. So it says, when Moon Knight um, is attacked by Lenny and, and Shank goes away, uh, Moon Knight's holding Lenny and it says in the panels, as Lenny stands in front of the pawn shop, a spatter of blood stains... A spatter of blood stains the window filled with hocked dreams. Merchandise originally displayed, brand new and tantalising in all the other shops along Doe Row. Just as all roads lead to Rome, all dreams die with the pawnbroker, and that—that's just such a such a powerful bit of writing. From this isn't a comic book. It's so uh, again. This is this is what becomes Doug Munch's kind of signature writing, I believe, in a lot of Moon Knight. Uh, I haven't read his Batman or anything like that, but he has a very distinct writing style, and it's just this sort of beauty that, that he brings towards it. Um, so yeah, the, so the pawn shop is a very important aspect of this story. Uh, there's also an issue, well not an issue, uh, the theme of uh, vigilanteism, isn't there, Orion? Yeah. With Lewis yeah. and the street owners. And this has confronted Moon Knight with them because they actually say to him, well... What well, makes is, you different? Yeah, exactly. You, know? you do this as well, so why can't we do this? Why can't I use my axe handle and my baseball bat to, to meet out justice? Uh, you do the same. And he sh- yeah. he's shaken by it too because he he, is. he, he's, like, he's like, that's different. I uh, yeah. I know what I'm doing. It's like, <laughs> I know, what's but your real answer? <laughs> exactly. That's not really a real answer, you know. Um, these guys, you know, I'm sure they know what they want to do. They're, they're angry. Uh you know, Mark does have a point. I mean, he obviously, he's trained. I can see what he means, but it doesn't justify what he does compared to what these guys do. Uh, but he manages to assuage them and get them not to do it, um, which which is a good thing because, I don't know, that would have been all-out war, wouldn't it, over um, over the Savage Studs just for some, some dance money? <laughs> yeah, it... I mean, it... It really played out well, like this whole theme of, you know, what justifies vigilantism, Mm. what, you know, how do you respond to what is obviously a a, a symptom of overall misery? Mm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and these guys, it's, it's, we actually see the flip side of it as well. Uh, Not so much the whole idea that the Savage Studs are ripping off or getting protection money from the shop owners so they can fund a, a concert. But when Lenny and Moon Knight have a conversation in the streets, uh, Lenny's talking about poverty, basically trying to make ends meet. Uh, and I believe that's a real reason why he's fallen into the Savage Studs. He's not there for the same motives as as Shank and all the others, but he is is really struggling, it, it seems. And, and this is what yeah. he says to Moon Knight. Um, so again, this is something that Munch brings up, and he and he tries to show you the the other side of things, uh, and to make things not as clear cut. Um, and, and Lenny is a very uh, yeah, he's an interesting character because 
he literally goes back on he's very impressionable let's just say that i mean and impulsive because when his mum's asleep he decides to get the music box because he wants to not have to harass lewis right so he's got good intentions yeah but in doing so he he doesn't do it the right way he do, he, he steals a sentimental piece of uh, a sentimental piece from his mum. So he doesn't do it the right way. He soon realises that he's done wrong and at a flick of a switch, he's, yeah, he, he tries yeah, to... He's stuck, in a, he's stuck in a really awkward situation. He it's is, like, yeah. hey, I need to have this money, um, but I can't sell out my mom's dream like this. Yeah, yeah. Which he originally had no problems, but immediately it makes sense, obviously, with the talk with Lewis uh, and so he's he's learning as he goes. Uh, so he's a very fallible character, Lenny. Yeah. And I think you're meant to very much sympathise with him because he's not an evil guy. He's just really trying to do stuff, but he he does it in the wrong way. Um, so yeah. uh, it's good to see that he kind of redeems himself in the end, but not without a tragedy, uh, and that being yeah. the death the death of Lewis. And uh, it's revealed also in issue one during their entire conversation uh, between Lenny and Lewis in the pawnbroker shop mm-hmm. um, that Lewis is actually Lenny's father. Yeah, that, it was. I, I read that as well. I didn't know whether that was just it was very obscure. Um, do you have the actual the panel where he says it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it was right here. Uh, shoot, let me see. Yeah, here it is. Uh, listen, old man, you might have been my old man. So yeah, that right there is saying, you know, this uh, Lewis was is uh, Lenny's father, and some for some reason he and his mother are separated because uh, uh, he's no longer in the picture. Yeah, it was what threw me was the grammar. I mean, <laughs> you know, not not being a stickler for all that, but if it said like. You may be my old man, and you won't do this for me. But he says you might have been my old man. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. You might have been, but that implies that he's no longer his old man. So yeah, I mean, it, yeah. it, it really speaks to why he's so emotional over this too. Mm, you know? Yeah, it makes sense. It absolutely makes sense if he is. So that's a, a real, a real tragedy because then that music box actually means a lot more. <laughs> to Lewis than what we originally think as well. I mean, this music exactly. box, he gave it to Lenny's mum. Like he, and you've got to wonder whether Lenny's mum knows that Lewis is actually in the pawn shop as well. Uh, you know, all these sorts of things because, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it, it's quite tragic, I must say. Yeah, and then, oh, man, they, like there are so many emotional beats to the story. Mm. Like, um it was so abrupt like the you in in issue 32 mm-hmm. you have the fight scene at the at the uh pawn shop between Lenny and Shank you know uh Lenny's trying to force uh mm-hmm. Shank is trying to force Lenny into t- uh not only getting the money from Lewis but also making a, an example of him for messing with the uh with the savage studs yeah and there's this whole tussle and everything and they're fighting and there's a knife involved mm-hmm. and and Lewis steps in to try to stop things. You know, he's like, someone's going to get hurt. Mm. And then 
that there's a little panel, the final panel on that on that struggle page mm. where there's a knife sticking in somebody and we already know who it is. You turn the next page, there's the panels of uh, Lenny and Shank kind of looking off and saying, oh my god, what have we done? Yeah. And there's Lewis standing there with the knife in his chest. And the next panel, oh, that gets me, yeah. is he yes. says, the, his final words, the dreams, Lenny, the dreams. Yeah. He falls and he dies. And oh. Yeah, and you see you see the, the, the use of the panel layout. You see him falling and then you just see him on the floor and it's all the more poignant because he's trying to save his son not Lenny he's trying to save he's trying to protect his son from this this guy with a knife and I guess you do you do what any father would do just step in and unfortunately and what I love about this is that again we're talking grassroots here um there's nothing flash or there's nothing you know out of this world about this this is just a poor pawnbroker uh and he just got stabbed you know, in an altercation, you don't get as, you know, down to earth than that. And so, again, we're looking at Moon Knight's corner of the Marvel Universe, and it's just very much rooted in in reality, you know. So um, it just makes it, it just makes it more, you can empathize with it, I, th- I believe, a lot more, because you can, you know, I dare say relate to it. It's not that, you know, you see people get stabbed and stuff, but, you know, this is stuff that can humanly happen. You know, rather than, I don't know, teleporting or, or snapping your fingers and half the universe disappears, stuff like that, uh, which is nothing wrong <laughs> with that. I do love those stories as well. But th- these stories about humanity is, is really good. Yeah, it's, it's this is why it makes it one of my favorite stories. Like, mm. it's it's funny that a lot of my favorite stories for my favorite characters have them taking a back roll seat. Yeah, a backseat role. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's a, mo- it's a know, moonlight, it's, isn't it, Orion? It's getting late. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> but yeah, this, this, and then, um, and then the page before the final page, uh, there's this great line where you know uh, Lenny has confessed that hey, um, don't blame the, uh, don't blame Shank, don't blame the Savage Day of Studs for what has happened. Mm-hmm. This was all my fault. Um, so Lewis's death is on me. And so, uh, Moon Knight's going to take him in and Moon Knight promises that he'll testify for him. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, Lenny asks for one more favor, uh, before he turns him in. He has a bit of unfinished business. He puts down uh, the money he, uh, had taken for the, for the music box. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and takes the music box back to take it back to his, his mother. Yeah. And the final the the final line with him it, uh, is, um, you know, he's talking about it, can't take this from her. Mm-hmm. And then he turns to Moon Knight. And he says, "But the prices, uh, but the prices are getting out of hand." Moon Knight. And mm-hmm. Moon Knight says, "What?" And he says, "Nothing." Yeah. But yeah, yeah. That, that's, it's so good. Oh, isn't that it? was. That was a heavy line right there. The that prices. Was, yeah, the prices are getting out of hand. He's he's contemplating to himself but saying it out loud, uh, which is why obviously Moon Knight doesn't really gather what he's saying. Uh, and we can see this, Lenny being such a tragic figure as well. I can again see this working in the Warren Ellis thing about Lenny taking the box back. Lenny, again, trying to do the right thing but not. So he may have taken the box back and he may try and 
um, even the score, get vengeance for the death of his father and kill the savage studs, which, you know, um, if they are indeed the ones in the Ellis run, is what we see happens. We see Moon Knight seeing the corpse kneeling in front of the box and we see other dead corpses nearby and the uh, the corpse next to the box has, has the gun in issue three. So yeah. uh, it can very much work in with this, but... If only it had Lenny be good rather than Johnny be good again, I think that would have been really good. But anyway, um, it's it's yeah, powerful stuff. Lenny is very much thing, a tragic. Yeah, another thing I'll note is um, the whole Johnny be good thing. Let me see. I think that's actually a song. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Johnny be good. Because that 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 might be the tune that plays from the music box. Because we never know what the tune is that is being played. So it might be Johnny be uh, be good. That could be it, yeah. Actually, that well, the song is good is uh, spelled G double O D E, like Johnny yeah. B. Good, yeah. Oh uh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Chuck Berry, Chuck Berry, Chuck yeah. Berry, yeah, yeah. But um, no, really good stuff here. And as you say, I do like how Moon Knight takes a let's call it a back roll seat. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's good because, but you know, when he does get into the hideout. Like, there's a certain level of security when I was reading this and knowing that Moon Knight's got this. You know, anything to do with fighting, like, he's leaps and bounds above these people. So there's never any issue for me that he'll be in any, in any trouble when he fights these uh, these savage studs. But, you know, he does it anyway. Which, But having said that, it's good that Munch doesn't have him fight a lot because he can easily beat these guys, right? He can easily overpower them. So it's not all about the fighting. The whole thing was more about the relationship between Lenny and Lewis and between uh, Lenny and Dreams, basically, or or sentimental um, items. That was the main thing from these stories. It's not about the fighting at all. So as you say, Moon Knight, yet rightly so, he's in the background, um, but... We kind of almost see the see it through the eyes of Moon Knight, anyway. Yeah, yeah, and I I like that point that it's really not about the fighting because if you if you look in issue one when he fights um uh, uh the savage studs, mm-hmm. it's really just like um there is no competition There's there. No, no, none at all. There's, no. and then and then in issue two. When he arrives too, or when he arrives too late, or whatever, yeah, um, he 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 just kicks down the door, yeah, and yeah. the first thing he says to them is, "The kid, the kid gloves are off, studs. Now yeah. that it's murder, you've just come of age." Yeah, so he and could he could is, feel he can unleash basically. Yeah, and that just communicates the 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 the, the grave seriousness. Yes, of what just happened, and he and like you know. Uh, what's it? Uh, Shank tries to really put up a fight because you know it's like, are you coming to our home? Blah blah, whatever. Mm-hmm. And and he's like, no, no. Moon Knight throws down, and he's like, you you seriously cannot take Moon Knight on. You you're just a bunch of kids. Yeah, exactly. And Moon Knight is on a level. Absolutely, he's a heavy. Look, let's you know, he's a an ex merc. He's a heavyweight boxer. He's a master of nearly all. He's proficient in most of the martial arts. These are Lenny has been cited as what seventeen years old. So you're assuming mm-hmm. that these guys are teenagers as well. Um, not to say that they aren't strong, but they're up against someone who is 
basically a killer. You know, he's killed people. He's he's seen seen things. He's been there. He's done that. So yeah, really a different competition, different level altogether. Yeah, I mean, they only get one good hit in. They hit him in the back of the head with a uh, with a piece of wood. Yeah, and then they pile up on each other on him. But then you know, with a single punch, he yeah. pretty much. Yeah, he pretty much breaks up that entire group, and then there's that one panel. Yeah. It's it's a two panel page, but the second panel of just the shot of his fist yeah. uh, coming up for another blow. It's it has some blood on the knuckles, but yeah. and you see in the in the shadow in the background what's going on. It's like wow, yeah. it's just the pure brutality of it. it's like yeah. you you guys really screwed up. You exactly. murdered someone. Now you're you're paying for it. Oh, yeah, the kid gloves are off, really. He, he is not going to hold back because they have crossed the line, and this is the sort of stuff that Moon Knight deals with. So, yeah, fantastic stuff. Uh, really, yeah. really cool, really cool. Um, this is available. Sorry, I forgot to mention, Loonies. I had a check. Uh, we are part of an affiliate program with Amazon, so I was going to post up a link to an e-copy of these, but unfortunately there is none available. So Comixology, yeah. Kindle, they don't have it. I'm assuming it's not then on Marvel Unlimited. It is. No, no, it isn't. It's um. Oh, sorry. Uh, no. Yeah. Sorry. No, it isn't. It's I not, was just no. checking. No. That, that'll be something we can discuss as well as a little later that I have a, a way to check. Oh yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, it is available. I was reading it off the Essential Collection, which is an out-of-print. If you're lucky, you can find it. A uh, collection of Moon Knight uh, issues. It's in black and white newspaper format. Uh, there's, it's also going to come out in January 2019 under the third epic collection of Moon Knight, which I believe is called Final Rest. Uh, yes. So keep your eyes out for that. So that's a coloured version, which would be really good. I'm going to get that straight away. Uh, and that will cover, again, I think the the next iteration of Volume 1 uh, issues after Volume 2. Uh, and where else is it available? Obviously floppies. I mean, you, you've got a couple of floppies. So if you're lucky enough in your LCS to, to find um, 31 and 32, you can pick it up as well. Uh, but yeah, um, let's go into to moon ratings here. So, Aron, I know this is one of your faves. Uh, out of ten, mm-hmm. what would you give the arc as a whole? <laughs> as a whole, mm-hmm. I I know it's it's probably been done before, but this is a ten out of ten for me. Ten out, so it that's a, is a full moon, a good full moon. It's boy. a full moon because it is simply. <laughs> The writing is fantastic, and here's another note: this, these two issues are the first two issues in which there was an artist change. Uh, previously, oh, yeah. it was Bill Sinkovich up yep. until this point, and now they are changing over to Kevin Nolan. Kevin Nolan on yes. the pencils. Okay. Yep. And then um, for issue 31, uh, the inker was Terry Austin, mm-hmm. and then for 32, it was Carl Potts. And we still have the same colorist of Christy Scheel, so yes. that's that's the consistency there. But um, it was fantastic because you know, uh, you know, Sinkovich is legendary for the series. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Nolan gets enough credit because no, he doesn't. You know, you look at this and it's great art, and I want to note as well that you can notice the difference in in uh, the inks between. Um, 
uh, I just had the names, uh, Terry Austin Terry and Austin, yeah. uh, Carl Potts. Because mm-hmm. you look at 31, you know, the, the lines are very crisp and, mm-hmm. and everything like that. And then you look at 32, yeah. and there's a lot more emotion to these lines. There's heavier points, heavier, heavier strokes. Yeah. Um, and a lot more finer strokes as well. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, the, yeah, so it's great that um, this was Kevin Nolan's and, and uh, Carl Potts and Terry Austin's introduction to the series. Yeah. Um, and it was, and uh, issue 32, um, this cover was uh, drawn by uh, by Kevin Nolan as well. Mm-hmm. And it's actually one of my favorite Moon Knight covers. I love that Eddie, cover. You'll you'll see it, Looney's, uh, on the episode summary or in the newsletter. That cover, uh, it's a very recognizable cover. I would doubt that you would not recognize it if you do follow Moon Knight to some capacity. Yeah, it is one of it is one of the greater uh, depictions of Moon Knight. I reckon on on the cover, it's uh, really good stuff. Um, look, I would give it. Uh, I'm, I'm a a bit more of a harsher marker, but uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, would, I would give it. I'd give it a three quarter moon. Um, I really enjoyed it. I, you know, I'd like to keep certain cards close to my chest as well. You know, uh, you know, my back pocket, or I don't know whatever the the, the <laughs> saying is. Um, but you know, a good seven and a half to eight out of ten. I think it was a very enjoyable read. Uh, obviously, the sign of the times. I get it. Thirty two had a lot of recap it it has to because it's just what they did back in the day um when i read it it was i found it was a little kind of repetitive obviously because it's a recap um but the the whole story you know as a whole and the characters fleshed out and the writing and the artwork was was just great it was really good it's a good indication of of the classic moon knight run we're talking back in the 80s so if Looney's, if you're more familiar with the Lemire run or the Houston run or the um, what's the other Warren Ellis run, stuff like that, and haven't checked out the older runs, uh, yeah, I, I would recommend you check out 31 and 32. It, it gives you a good indication of the style of writing and the artwork during that time. Uh, and this was a, it, it's very different because it's so well rooted in just. Again, I'll just say it's just so well grounded. It, it we're just talking about it's just written about normal human people, uh, and there's there are no bells or whistles, uh, and it, uh, it it hits upon a lot of themes. So very cool, very cool stuff. Yeah. Um, well, Orion, actually, you got me interested. What was the, how did how do you look up stuff? How I track stuff. So yeah, um, I don't know. If uh, anyone is really aware of this, but uh, I I really love to make lists, right? Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> and um, I have a chronology project for several of my favorite characters. Um, I started with Venom because I want to track his uh, his progress throughout the Marvel universe, mm-hmm. um, specifically in the mainstream comics. So I made an entire list of his appearances, other symbiote appearances as well. From the beginning um, of Mace Spider-Man 252 and Secret Wars number eight, all the way to modern times, um, it, and it also collects like um, the trade paperback collections that you can buy and follow along with. And I did the same thing for Moon Knight. He was the second Ooh. one I made one for. So um, that that is available. I can offer a, a link to it. So you oh can post yeah, it on your website. Absolutely. But it's yeah. I'll yeah, definitely so put it in the it, show notes as well. But yeah, def- I'll put it up in the in the group as well. 
in fact here i'll, I'll just put it um on the mm-hmm. discord so you can take a quick look at it but oh, it's yeah. uh yeah. it's a uh i always call it a semi-complete list because i'm i'm uh include as much as i can uh what i find on the marvel wiki okay. saying right. where moon knight appears in the 616 universe yep um, Fantastic. I don't know if uh, I really do rely on uh, myself and the community to go through this list to make sure I'm getting everything right. If I'm missing anything or if there's yep. issues that shouldn't be there, let me know. Yep. Fantastic. Um, I, I think that's a great idea. Loonies, I will post this up. Uh, please, and we are such a re- what I re- really do love about our learning community. It's very supportive and encouraging. So, for any of those that are really into the chronology, uh, go check out this link. And yeah, let's let's uh, bounce and share share information with each other, and uh, and Ryan can uh, compile a definitive list of Moon Knight stuff. Yeah. So this list includes um, on the on the, there's three different. Um, it's a uh, Google Sheets, which is kind mm-hmm. of like the equivalent of uh, Microsoft Excel. Yeah, there are three um, worksheets on here. There's the individual comics, books, and uh, issues and graphic novels, mm-hmm. which lists, lists all the floppies and everything that's available. Um, and that includes uh, links um, to each issue on the Marvel Wikia, mm-hmm. so you can follow that along. It also includes uh, check boxes for if you can find it on Comicsology or on Marvel Unlimited. Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic. And then, that sounds good. Yeah, and then there's the uh, trade paperback collections tab, so you can follow along via trade collections if you want. And then I also recently made a reading order list, which takes the trade paperback collections and have compiles a definitive reading order. Oh, fantastic, Aaron. You've done the, you've done the hard work for everyone else. That's, that's really cool. Um, I don't know about other loonies as well. I do collect trades as well or in particular the moon knight trade so even if i do have them in floppy or digital i actually do get them i you know double or triple you know uh, kind of you know I, I have digital singles and trade versions and in some cases hard copy uh, hard cover versions as well uh, i know it's doubling up and tripling up but hey you know I enjoy it. So, um, no, thank you so much, Ryan. That that sounds really good. We'll post that up. I'll also check out the show notes as well. I will post up We Are Venomaniacs, the links there for you, as well as uh, any other pages uh, and and platforms. Uh, Can I quickly ask, and where can uh, loonies find you on Facebook or Twitter if they should... Well, mm-hmm. Facebook, I'm not exactly mm-hmm. uh, active on. I only just okay. restarted my Facebook account after a long while being off of it because sure. I needed to register for my uh, high mm-hmm. school reunion, which is coming up. So ah. that was the only way I could do it. <laughs> cool. But um, uh, definitely uh, you can find me everywhere else on the web. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Reddit, uh, mm-hmm. uh, other places. Um, my usual handle is Orion Starboy. Um, Starboy is all in caps with a O and with O and boy being a zero. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So uh, pretty eponymous. Uh, I'm everywhere like that. So um, you can find me that way. Uh, I'm very active also on the um, the venom the venom site uh, subreddit. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we also included a link for the uh, Venomside Discord, which has really boomed in popularity, and we have mm-hmm. a lot of members now. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, uh, if you can pass on all those links, uh, that'll be really good, Orion, and I'll chuck them in the show notes, and Alunis can find you there with a click of the finger. 
so once again, thank you, Iran. We're running out of time here. Um, but I really appreciate Thank you so much for staying up so late, i.e., or actually slash so early in the morning uh, for, for this. I really do appreciate your time and the effort you've gone into uh, to, to prepare for the show. It's just been fantastic. Yeah. Uh, really, thank you so much for coming on the show. No problem. Oh, and we should also note before we go yep. the Comixology sale. Oh, yes, of course, uh, Loonies as well. There is a Moon Knight Comixology sale, so all digital versions of Moon Knight issues so far. It doesn't have all of Volume 1. It, it doesn't have everything, but it has all the most recent stuff and uh, trade versions of it and such. Uh, check it out on Comixology. It's, uh, there's a good sale up to, I think, two-thirds, 67% off or something like that. So it, it's yeah. pretty, pretty good if you haven't got your issues. Um, go check it out over so- there. Yeah, the sale ends Monday the 22nd, so get on it. Ah, hurry up, loonies, hurry up. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks once again, Orion, for all your time, and thank you for coming on and talking about this, these great issues, 31 and 32. It was really fun. Uh, that was our Waxing Crescent, uh, sorry, what, Waxing Gibbous arc review. Uh, next phase... We have a couple of probably issues to to look at. We're doing the current run. It's going to be Moon Knight issue 200. And also, I believe Arachnite will be out as well. So we'll be looking at both of them. Uh, We'll be actually having a couple of big guests with us next week. We'll have Max Bemis and his wife Sherry on the show. And I'm hoping to take them through a retrospective of his run as a Moon Knight rider. So that should be a lot of fun. So please... Uh, tune in for that. That will be really good. Uh, and uh, typically, you can find us uh, on uh, Gmail, itkmoonnight at gmail.com. Uh, send us an email. Send us an email, actually, of, of any questions or thoughts you want to convey towards Max. He, he does mention he's an open book, so he's willing to answer your questions. Uh, we've already got a couple of questions, which is really cool. But, yeah, please send in your email your questions in. That would be really great. Uh, we're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash itkmoonnight. That's our page. We have a group. A really cool group, my gosh. We we are growing. I I just absolutely love this community. Thank you so much, everyone involved. It's Max. Uh, it's not Max. It's Facebook.com slash groups slash ITK Moon Knight. We're on Twitter. The handle is at ITK Moon Knight. We're also on Instagram, YouTube, Tumblr. Just search for Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. Well, loonies, another episode ends. I hope you have liked the new format, the new music. The new logo, everything, it's all exciting stuff for us. It's a, it's a fresh start. It's an all new, all different. It's a, um, a legacy. I don't know. It's, it's one of those you know titles that Marvel does. Uh, it's, it's now. It's now, yes. <laughs> ITK now. It's fantastic. Um, yeah, we, we enjoy it. Um, the thank, a big thank you, I must say, to Delita. The, the band uh, and Looney Noel Tate for providing the music for us moving forward now, our new uh, uh, intro. And also thank you to Randolph Benoit and his brother Ben, who are Loonies, and I hope I've got your surname correct. Um, please let me know if I haven't. But he uh, he assisted with the, the graphic design for the new logo, so thank you so much, my good sir. Again, I... God, I love this community. It's good. Uh, next week, we'll have our full complement of, of Konishu. We'll have Rebecca. We'll have a couple of loonies on, Tommy and Chad. We're all gonna, it's going to be a huge party with Max and Sherry, so cannot wait for it. 
Once again, Orion, a big thank you, sir. Any last words? Um, have a great evening, night, wherever you are or whenever you listen to this. And uh, we are Venomaniacs. Have a listen. It's a lot of fun. Absolutely. And can I quickly then just say as well, my gosh, we are Venomaniacs. They have awesome guests like Donny Cates, like Ryan Stegman. Go check it out. It's a really, really fun listen. So, uh, yep, and with that, I'll just sign us off with May Conchu watch over the denizens of the night. Catch you later. and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.